If you're frustrated, stuck, overwhelmed, or completely lost, no matter where you are in perimenopause and menopause, I'm hoping this episode helps. I'm going to share seven things I wish I knew seven years ago that would have made a massive difference. Let's get to it. What's up, sisters? Welcome to the Period Whisperer podcast. I'm Bria, I'm your host. If you're new, I'm so happy you are here. I'm your perimenopause and menopause sister, your holistic trainer, hormone specialist, translator of your female body. I'm a recovering people pleaser and hustle addict turned body whisperer and hormone decoder. And I am here to help you de-stress your body, decode what it is saying, become the CEO of it, and own your own health, energy, and weight loss again. This show is for you, the overwhelmed, overworked, underappreciated step woman who dreams of a body they feel strong, energetic, and sane in. The woman who knows that she shouldn't just wave the white aging flag and believes in a body and life of peace, love, and purpose. But you don't just know how to get there yet. So if you are stuck in your body, your energy, your life, you are in the right spot. Let's lean in and learn what our bodies are saying to us. Hey there, sister. Welcome to this episode of the Period Whisperer podcast. I'm super grateful that you're here because I think one of the most challenging things we're running into as women heading into this era of perimenopause is how vastly undereducated we are. Not that anyone before us was any more educated. They obviously weren't. But things are different now. And I would definitely throw out there the fact that we are absolutely a generation where a lot, the memo we were given as mothers, as women, um, reaching perimenopause in this era was to hustle harder, to dream bigger, to do more. And although it's wonderful that that was given to us in many ways, it wasn't given to us with any extra help (laughs) along the way. And so not only are we uneducated, but we are more exposed to toxins than ever before, to endocrine disruptors that are throwing our hormones out of whack. We are overworked and underrested and really we're 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 exposed even more to social media and media at all the times and in the time in the palm of our hands at all seconds of the day telling us who to be how to be what to be you know when to be and 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 that alone has been a massive added load to our hormones to our stress which is really one of the main culprits to our hormonal issues so it is time to be educated it is time to to make these changes and so i'm really grateful that you're here tuning in sharing this episode with your sisters, your friends, your coworkers, the other women in your lives and starting to set that example for the next generation of women coming up. So thank you for being here. How are you feeling in your body today? I'm doing pretty well. It's a good day. I'm in the follicular phase. I'm in those first few days after my period and I'm feeling that beautiful energy and that's really what we want. But hey, it's not always perfect. Sometimes the follicular phase brings some really interesting things. And as a total sidebar, I wanted to share with you something that really blew my mind when I was diving deep into my beginning education around our hormones. And that is that the egg which is chosen for ovulation. So for those of us who haven't achieved menopause yet, we're still ovulating, even if it's irregularly. The egg that was chosen for ovulation was chosen four to six months ago. And it was significantly impacted by the stress going on in our life at that time. So even if you're out there and you're doing the work and you're putting you know, the effort in 
season right now to make changes because change can feel challenging. You know, it requires energy and that's really the most challenging part about it, energy that we're struggling to find and make space for. It if If you're having an off month or an off week, Look back four to six months and think what was going on in my life? Because if it was a stressful time, that could be what's going on. It's not that you're doing anything wrong and you want to keep going. You want to have the integrity of doing the things that you know are right by your body, eliminating that inflammation, creating space for your more your four main health pillars, right? No matter what you do in life, no matter what nutrition plan, no matter what diet plan, no matter what healthy living plan you search out there, you are always going to find the common themes of sleeping the best that you can, of making space for sleep, of eating whole foods, you know, and enough of them, of moving your body every single day and managing your stress. So whatever you're subscribing to, whatever you're trying, I hope you're, I hope you're trying the tips that we share here or that you're diving in with us in the perimenopause posse or that you're reaching out for help and setting up a one-on-one call with me to see if I can help you out with one-on-one coaching or if maybe the posse is a better fit for you. Because doing the work is challenging on your own and it doesn't have to be. We can do it together. So today I wanted to talk about the fact that I'm 42. I'm in my 43rd year. But seven years ago was when I turned 35. And 35 is the beginning. Just like puberty has its range, 35 is the beginning for all women of our reverse puberty. Even if you don't have symptoms, it doesn't matter. This is just the age at which things begin to start to shift for all of us. And so it's been seven years since I was 35. I don't, I imagine I was having symptoms then, but didn't really recognize them, didn't pay attention to them, didn't really listen to the whispers of my body at that time. So if, if I could go back and know these seven things, I would change, have changed so much so that I wouldn't have hit such a dark, dark spot in my health and felt so lost, stuck and frustrated. And that's my goal for you today is to share these seven things with you and hope that they give you some guidance no matter where you're at. So you can begin to implement them, maybe open your mind to think a little differently because a lot of this really is what's going on between our ears. And, you know, as I, as I was saying earlier, it can feel like change is hard and it is hard because it requires energy. But sometimes it's the lens that we're putting on it, right? What if, what if changing, what if going back to what our body really needs, what health really requires of it, what if it's not that hard? You know, what if it's just culture has made it that way? It's put that lens on it for us. You know, what if prioritizing ourselves has been really the hard part, but the doing of these things isn't that hard. I was always someone trying to avoid those hard things, right? How can I lose weight without you know, going without my wine or chocolate? How can I, you know, get my workout in without disrupting my family's, the ecosystem of their schedule? You know, I I would, I would do whatever I could to avoid, to cut corners, to smooth the edges. You know, maybe I could, you know, give up sugar, but still have my nightly wine, you know, like where could I, where could I compromise there? And I would tell myself that was okay, but it always reminds me that, that, that that idea, that song we would sing as kids about going on a lion hunt, like, you know, you really, when it comes to healing, when it comes to feeling your best, when it comes to progressing in whatever it is for you, but we're talking about our health and perimenopause and our hormones, 
You can't go around it. You can't go over it. You can't go under it. You have to go through it. And in fact, we make things a lot harder when we try to make them easy, right? We actually elongate the pain. That was what I really realized. In not actually just buckling down and committing and doing the work, I was, and trying to compromise and negotiate with myself and waffling and all these things, I made things way harder on myself. And we do this because we're, we're trying to compromise somewhere, but really when you just buckle down and you go through that sucker, it's still hard, it's still challenging, but man, it happens a lot faster than all the dancing around and the strategizing to go around, to go under, to go over, you know, to see if there's a faster way. When we just dig in and get to it, gosh, it, it's at the end of the day, like it's all hard, but there's a fast hard and a slow hard. And even though I do believe in, you know, the tortoise over the hare, I think like let's, the tortoise still took the most direct path. So that's what we really want to do. It's okay if it's, it's slow and steady wins the race, absolutely. But don't go trying to blaze a new trail when we know the fastest and most direct way and we want to walk that path. So here are seven things I wish I knew seven years ago. Number one, that perimenopause is a thing. It's not menopause. It's it's a reverse puberty transition. And we are massively misinformed. I already talked a little bit about this, but again, like statistics are showing us, right? 73% of women are suffering with symptoms so significant in perimenopause. I'm going to guess you're one of them. I was one of them. And, and they, they think, oh, it's just my hormones. Oh, this is just how it is. And when it is in fact, not that way, we're not getting the help that we need. And some of that is because we're highly uneducated and the female body, especially in our reproductive age, wasn't studied or researched properly until the beginning, like until the mid 1990s. So we're talking, we still have years to catch up there. But it's also just, we've just been assumed we're small men. And we've been told this is just how it is when it is not, in fact, how it is. And I wish I had known that, gosh, I wish I'd known that at 13, 14, although we probably wouldn't have listened to it. Anytime I try to speak with my teenager about her period, about her cycle, it is like, she is not having any of it. <laughs> so I know that maybe I wouldn't have listened then, but I, but I sure wish this talk that we're getting these days, this um, greater communication around our hormones, like we can hear, you can see it, you can hear the heartbeat of it getting louder and louder out in culture. And I just love knowing that. But man, I wish I had known that earlier. So if you didn't know that perimenopause is a real thing, it is a long phase, it is a transition, not a diagnosable condition. This is why you can go to your healthcare practitioner, be like, I'm not feeling great. And they're like, you're not in perimenopause yet. It's really not able to be, you can't really tell. We can tell a hormone imbalance, and, but ultimately perimenopause is that transition. So if you're over 35, sister, and you haven't achieved menopause, you're in it, and it, your body's more sensitive, and it is your calling to begin to change. And the sooner we do it, the easier it is for us. Number two, the second thing I really wish that I knew was that 90% of symptoms can be improved upon. And in fact, most symptoms of PMS are, are, are signs of like dysregulated hormones, not, oh, oh, this is just PMS and this is what I have to deal with. So if you notice, a lot of the symptoms we're experiencing in perimenopause are, are very similar or exacerbated symptoms of PMS that now seems to be so much more significant and stretching out all over the place, right? Fatigue, brain fog, you know, heavy periods, irregular periods, um, bloating, 
digestive issues, inability to lose weight, all of those cravings, all of those things are things we're familiar with as, as PMS symptoms, but they're all exacerbated. And it's, it's not something that we should just say, oh, this is how it is because they're actually not normal. They're, they're symptoms of a hormone imbalance and something beneath them is imbalancing the hormones and that's what we want to get to. And the best way to get to that, of course, because 90% of these symptoms can be improved upon just by your own work on your own self, is by focusing on those four key health pillars long enough to get results long enough for healing, right? Our body is not a vending machine. It does not, we don't get to just put something in and get a result the next day, right? The first, gosh, eight weeks of most nutritional change efforts that we might see on a scale are typically just inflammation anyway. So if we want to get to fat burning, if we want to get to to muscle building and better bodies, we really need to be doing the good like integrity wise work. That's not even a term, but we're going to use it today. We really need to be doing that for, for 12, 16 weeks and beyond. We need to be making that change in our mindset and not thinking of it as a temporary time. So that was number two is 90% of symptoms can be improved upon by our own choices, our own actions, ourselves. And then we can find out when we put that work in, okay, maybe I do, maybe my body is not producing the hormones it needs, and then we can get help. Then we can get the benefits that we want, either through bioidentical hormones or hormone replacement, whatever is your jam. Number three, and this is a big one, sister, be fierce about things. That doesn't mean do all of the things at once. It means go in, go all in on the things that you are doing. You know, I used to really struggle with waffling. It was like, okay, well, I'm going to do this, but I'm not going to do that. And I I am not, you know, I'm not drinking right now. Okay, but maybe I'll have a little or I'm not eating this, but maybe I'll have a little or, oh, no, what will people say? And I don't want to bother anybody, you know, or maybe this is okay. No, that's all waffling. Waffling wastes time. It costs money. It causes damage. It is time for us to take control of our health as women and be fierce about it. Be freaking fierce. Decide you're going to do it and go all in. And again, that doesn't mean I'm going to go and do all the things all at once. I'm going to do this workout plan. I'm going to eat all this, not eat these things. You know, I'm going to, you know, meditate an hour a day. It means pick one of these things and be ferocious about it. Be unrelenting about it. Commit and go all in. This is how we get success a heck of a lot faster. Decide who you're going to be in your body and what you deserve to feel and go after that goal of health and and don't waffle anymore. Don't, you know, tippy toe around it. I'm trying not to say really rude things right now because, you know, sometimes when I, my inner talk gets a bit ferocious for myself. So I I, here I am. I don't want to offend anybody in in my, but ultimately stop pussyfooting around. Decide you're going to do something and go after that thing and commit to that thing. And when you're ready, when you have space to add more, add another layer and commit to that sucker. Because when you feel freaking good in your body, I promise, number one, you're not going to give a hoot what the number on your scale says. When your energy is flying and your libido is there and you feel alive, your body's just going to respond anyway. So be fierce about it. And I wish that I had known that earlier. I wish someone had said that to me earlier. Bria, just be fierce. Go freaking after it. You know, make a decision you're going to be healthy and stop being a, like, I don't want to say being a baby about it, but stop, you know, worrying about stepping on other people's toes or disrupting other people's lives. Just go for it. Do you. Be you. And layer that sucker on.
Number four, you cannot avoid the importance of nutrition and enough sleep. It will always catch up to you. Now, I know it's not as simple when it comes to sleep, especially, right? It's not like we can, most of us, if we have kids, if you have kids out there, especially if you have young kids, because we're having children later, right? So we're going into perimenopause with young kids. We don't get to control it. Of course, we all want to sleep more. And I absolutely know and feel that. But creating the space for sleep or recovery, right? If you know that your sleep is, is going to be a mess for a while because you've got young kids and that part is out of your control right now, then making sure that you are creating a little bit of space every single day for a little downtime for you instead of crushing out, you know, something that maybe can wait instead of cleaning the house to an, an extreme extent, instead of, you know, over committing yourself, holding space for your sleep or, or, Hey, stepping up and saying to your partner, Hey, you're on deck with the kids tonight. I'm sleeping in the guest bedroom. I will take tomorrow night, right? So we're at least getting these alternative sleeping schedules. At least we're getting an opportunity to sleep a little bit more. Or for Mother's Day, which I know is still a ways away, go away for a weekend alone in a hotel and sleep more. <laughs> but my point here is, is you cannot... We, we, we try really hard and I used to do the same. You know, we always, I used to try to outwork out, you know, my nutrition. It was like, oh, I'm you know, working out so I can eat this. You, you just can't. You're better off putting that energy into getting the best sleep that you can, getting the best nutrition that you can so that you are feeling good enough to even do a workout, to even do the things you're wanting to do on your to-do list. We really can't avoid the nutrition piece, no matter what you do. And trust me, this was my lion hunt piece. I used to work really hard at how can I make this, you know, can I, can I make a healthy treat? Can it be healthier in some ways? And sometimes we can, but sometimes we just need to buckle down and kick the sugar addiction, right? Sometimes we just need to eat real whole food and try new vegetables and make sure they're in there and lady up a little bit and be like, hey, no, I'm doing what's right by my body. This is what's right for my body. So we can't avoid it. I know it feels challenging, but remember, sometimes things are only as hard as we make them to be. So focus on the sleep, focus on the nutrition, and then add in those next pieces as you're ready. Number five, if you can't stop doing something, you need help. And there's nothing to be ashamed of here. So if you're having a hard time kicking your alcohol habit, if you're having a hard time getting to bed on time at night, if you're having a hard time, you know, eating three meals a day and making them good quality, if you're having a hard time letting go of sugar or, or anything else in your life, maybe putting down the social media for a while, whatever it might be that's stressing you out, get some help. There's no shame in that. Anytime, and I wish, again, this is something I wish I had drilled into my mind earlier. When you invest time and money into something, women don't like to waste things. And I love that about us. Like, I don't like to waste my time. I don't like to waste my money. So when I invest in myself, you better believe I'm showing up for it because I don't I don't have time and money to waste in my life. So I, I want to hire someone or pay for something that is going to help me improve on the things that I'm struggling to do on my own. There is no shame in asking for help. And I struggled a lot with that in my earlier years was, you know, I thought I should be able to do it all, all by myself. So whether it's, you know, getting, asking for help from her help from your partner or asking for help, you know, cleaning the house or with the kids 
kids or with, you know, with making food at home or at work, whatever it is, ask for some help. But especially when you're here in this phase of your life and you're dealing with symptoms, if you're unable to follow the strategies that you hear me talk about all the time on Instagram or here in the podcast and you're struggling to get there, that's when you know it's time to either get in a group like the perimenopause posse where you're surrounded by that accountability or hire a coach, you know, reach out, get on one of these one-on-one calls with me. They're free so that we can see if I can help. If, if the accountability and the motivation is the challenge, you need a coach. We see this, this is why our kids are on teams with coaches. You know, this is why we have guidance counselors. This is why therapists work because we need a coach to better improve ourselves. And of course, the most successful people, the most successful athletes, the most successful business people, they have coaches to help them because they know doing it alone is, is really challenging and sometimes impossible. So remember, if you can't let go of something, if you can't kick a bad habit or, or, in, or in, if you can't commit to a new habit, it's time to get some help and there's no shame in that, right? If you don't invest, nothing will change. All right, number six, and this is a big one and I hope that you stop what you're doing and lean in a little bit here. The scale, your bathroom scale, is, is a toxic relationship that you need to let go of at least for a while. Like, what is the point of the scale? To tell you how much you weigh, right? And, and what do you even need that for? What does that measure for you? This was a big one for me because I would find that I would, you know, feel like I'm doing good work and I would get on the scale and maybe I'd see it go up because let's be honest, in a 28-day cycle or in a, in a hormone, you know, in our, our female hormone rhythm, we retain water significantly greater in half the month. So your scale is going to go up and down naturally in a month, even if you change nothing. But when you're doing the work, when you're, when you're actually putting the effort in to sleep more, to eat real whole foods, you know, eat those three meals a day, eat more vegetables, eat enough, you know, eat enough protein and good fats. When you're putting that effort in, you know, and you're getting your steps in every day and you're working on managing that relationship with stress, we want to measure our success by the flagpoles that that prove success is happening, right? We want to see that it is that we are getting results because we are getting a better quality sleep. We are feeling more energized, less brain fog, fewer cravings. We're able to say no to things that we know aren't good for our bodies. You know, maybe we have a bit more patience. Maybe we, you know, have a little bit more libido. Those are the green flags that things are getting better. Your skin is getting clearer. Your eyes are getting clearer. Maybe you're not losing so much hair down the bathroom sink. These are the green flags that you are on the right track. The scale doesn't measure much. In fact, it plays with our head, and this is why it's a toxic relationship. When you get on that scale, if the the number on that scale gives you a feeling of good or bad, it's a bad relationship because the scale is really not there to tell us those things. It's not there to tell us whether we're good or bad. We know when we put that scale away and we tune into how you feel in your body, am I feeling less bloated? Am I feeling more energized? Am I feeling happier in life? Are, you know, it, are my efforts that working in that way? Then we can see that we're on the right track because real fat burning, if that's your goal, if that's why you're on that scale is to burn fat, that takes 12 weeks of consistency. So stay off that scale. It is 
a really toxic relationship that you need to take a, an elongated break from, if not forever. You can tell in your clothes if you are losing weight or not. You can tell by how you feel and measuring yourself, your happiness for that day by getting on the scale is, is an incorrect measurement and it's not going to provide any value to you. All right. Number seven. Here's my last one that I wish I'd known. Your body knows best, but your head will get in the way. You have to learn to control your mind. Our mind plays a lot of tricks on us. You know, it tells us that, you know, I know, I know for me, you know, as a recovering body bully, when I get stressed or when I used to get stressed out, like my body would be the one thing I could control. So I would try to, I'd pick on it. That's what I would do. Like, oh, if only this, then I'd be happier. If only this, then this would be easier. If only I lost weight, you know, if only I looked different, you know, if, if I can push harder in this workout, if I can clean up my eating a little bit more, you know, this is the stuff that goes on in our head. Your body will tell you what it needs when you listen to it. Is it tired? Does it need a break? Does it need to be stretched because it's really tight? Does it need a hug because it's feeling scared? Does it need, like, what, is it hungry? Does it need to eat more? Is it hungry enough to, to go until the next meal? Is it, have you overeaten? The body tells you everything if you quiet the mind enough to pay attention to it. So finding time in my day, and I, I will be the first to admit, I have yet to be able to master like a great 20 minute a day plus meditation. But I can usually get five minutes in in the morning before I get out of bed. It's like my favorite snooze. <laughs> and I can breathe before I eat to bring that central nervous system down and learn to quiet that mind. So whatever you need to learn to control the chaos in your brain, it's time to start doing that. Because the brain will talk you out of what your body, the brain is very loud. And, and what goes on between our ears especially when we're overwhelmed or stressed in life or not feeling like our best is is not helpful it's very loud and it over overtakes what the body is actually saying to us so we need to learn to quiet what is going on between our ears and soothe ourselves that way so that we can actually hear what the body is saying and that's something I really wish I'd known. All right, sisters, those are your seven things. Those are the seven things I wish I'd known. I would love to hear from you. If you already know these things, if you didn't know these things, if you wish you'd known these things sooner, please message me on Instagram, send me an email. And of course, if you need help, reach out. The Perimenopause Posse is an amazing self-paced course and monthly membership program where we actually get to talk live every single month, where I'm in there every day connecting with you if you want to chat, where you get my strategy strategy and you get the accountability. Or if you want to work really deeply on your personal situation, then reach out. Let's have a one-on-one -on -one call. I am here for you. It is time for you to be more in your life and not just less on a scale. We'll catch you next time. Thank you so much for joining me on the Period Whisperer podcast. I want to encourage you to reach out to me directly and message me if there are topics or things you're struggling with so we can address those right where you are at. And of course, if you loved this episode, if you learned something, make sure to share it with your friends and please rate and review it wherever you get your podcasts.